0: Welcome to our 111th
1: episode.
2: What was that?
1: The Lord of the Rings. You know, Bilbo. It's my 111th
2: birthday. It's
1: 111, uh, 111. 111 episodes.
2: 111.
1: Yes. I don't know. Did he say. I don't think he said 111 in the in the movies. Did he? He
3: I don't said it multiple remember. times
1: in the books. So that's what I. Remember, because I'm a nerd, and we don't read. Think those he books.
2: said 111th, though.
1: Yeah, it's my 111th birthday. He like stumbles over his words.
2: Oh yeah, because he's yeah,
1: proud foots, <laughs>
0: proud feet. I think that's only in the extended version. I I think that I think that proud feet part got cut out. I could be wrong though.
1: I don't know. It's been quite a while
0: since I've watched Lord of the Rings, and even longer since I watched the the um. The actual theatrical, version. yeah, that's what they're called. It's like the cut version? Yeah. Theatrical cuts. Um, because why would you do that? Just go watch.
2: I've actually never extended. seen the theatrical cuts. Hmm.
1: You're not missing anything, literally, because <laughs> you're actually seeing it all.
2: I've only seen the extended editions. That's fine. And they're awesome.
1: They're
0: great. Fantastic <laughs> movies. They hold up really well. They Even, do. Like, what, like 20 years later almost. That is crazy. That's crazy. I mean, the
2: scene with like Legolas and the elephant, you're like, okay, yeah, that was a while ago, technology-wise. Mm, yeah. But like, still, pretty awesome. Like, for its day. Yeah. Like, what was that? Two thousand and It was the early
1: 2000s. Was it?
2: Well, that well, that, that scene would have been in the last movie. but they came, Okay. But they came out like one a year, right? Like in yeah. a row? Mm-hmm so yeah and the first one came out 2001
1: right okay that's what I thought yeah yeah that sounds about right so then yeah that one would have been 2003 craziness
2: it's intense so yeah yeah.
1: we're nerds we like Lord of the Rings
2: 111 Mm -hmm. we made it to 111 we made it this far yeah
0: that's pretty
1: cool I like it (laughs) pretty good so how has your week been
2: um It's been good. I've been super just like tired. My allergies have been awful.
1: Yay.
2: Um, But other than that, trying to remember what I've done since last Thursday.
1: It has been a bit of a blur.
2: Yeah. What did we do on? Because last Thursday was Halloween.
1: Oh, yeah. There was that.
2: I don't think we did anything on Friday. Yeah. I don't remember what we did over the weekend. um. But Tuesday, I went, I drove up to Dallas. Mm-hmm. I've never driven that far.
1: You've never driven that far.
2: I've never personally like driven the car that far. Yeah. I've gone that far mm-hmm. in a car, <laughs> <laughs> but not me driving. Yeah. I drove there and back.
1: There and back again. Another Lord (laughs) of the Rings reference.
2: Um so that was It was good. I'm glad I did it because now I'm like, okay. Like, I can I can drive this distance, no problem. You can go the distance. I can go the distance. You're Um, on your way. But But it was really nerve wracking because Waco is just like it's just all construction and it's awful. Uh-huh. It's been like that for like ever since I can remember. Hmm. It's just never changed.
3: <laughs> hmm. <laughs>
2: like that part of I thirty five is just always under construction.
3: <laughs>
2: eh. Um so yeah, just like driving in between a wall and like eighteen wheelers through this town is really nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. But did it. I did it. And uh, I had my high school choir director with me, mm-hmm. so that was cool, just talking, catching up. I mean, we had kind of caught up already when we had traveled together to um, a friend's wedding, but we got to hang out again.
3: Nice. And that was really
2: cool. And then got to see my best friend
3: mm-hmm.
2: and hang out with her. Um, I think I had mentioned it last week Yeah, that, um, that her father had suddenly passed away, um, in a car accident. And so, and she lives here, but her family lives in Dallas. So, um, she was up there with them, of course. And there was a memorial service because he was in the military, or er, he was in the army and the Marines. Dang. Um, What a guy. (laughs) (laughs) So it was uh, specifically at, like, it was a a national cemetery, like, specifically for people who have served. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Veterans.
2: Yeah. But it was rainy and dreary and kind of chilly, but it was really nice being with her family.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And just getting to spend time with her. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That was kind of the highlight of my week. Yeah. Even though it was also sad. Um Yeah, that's pretty much my week. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> nothing, nothing else really out of the ordinary or
1: anything. What about you? Um well, there's been a lot and I know I say that
0: all the time. So sorry, but I always have to Well, we were um We were talking earlier, yesterday, I think it was, and I was like, I came to the realization
1: over the past week, it's like, I have, like, this week, I'm doing, like, I'm working,
0: like, three different side hustles in addition to normal work and school and life, Mm -hmm. you know, this podcast and things like that. So, um, you know, it's, I'd say it's crazy but it's always crazy. It's always this way. Um it's just funny. It's funny to like step back and look at it, you know, like where has my time gone? Why do I feel?
2: Well, it's it's funny because you always say that, but like if there was a time where you could just do nothing, you wouldn't.
0: Right. Exactly. You
2: make it busy. Yes.
0: <laughs> totally. No, yeah. It is it is my. Yeah, cuz one of the so one of the side hustles is um I'll do Amazon deliveries. Yeah. And so yeah, that's that's what it was. It was Friday and Saturday and was it Sunday? Yeah, it was Sunday. Yeah, you night did also.
2: one Sunday night, yeah.
0: Um so yeah, I mean it was like, hey, I have some time and this is like a chunk of 2 hours that they need me to deliver groceries and I can make some money off of it. So, yeah, sure, why not? So yeah, totally. I mean, it's my, it's my decision. (laughs) It's like, you know, I, I, I chose to do that and then, um, recorded an audio book this week. So I'll have to work on editing that over the next week or two, getting that done. And then a plasma donation is the other thing. So yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Life is, you're totally right. Like I could pull back from any of those things, but
1: no, it's like it's something to <laughs> something to do,
0: make a little money on the side. So, um it's nice. And we'll talk a little bit more about the audiobook when we just kind of cuz where my head has been lately. Um
1: but yeah, so it's a it's it's been a full week. Um Yeah.
2: Yeah, is that how you want to segue into what we're talking about?
1: I mean, I guess so if there's not really
0: Anything else? I'm trying to think of like kind of the normal stuff we talk about. It's gotten cold today, which is pretty cool. Yeah,
2: we got a big cold front in today,
0: which is great because it was like yesterday. It was like kind of misty and muggy outside,
1: so it was you know like wet and like 70s. Um, today is
2: like wet and 40s.
1: Uh, did it get down to the 40s? I don't think. I think it's gonna get down to the 40s tonight. But I don't think it already
0: has it was weird. I was looking at the the forecast or
2: whatever, and you know how like it's set up where it just shows you um like in a line like it has the little time stamps underneath, that yeah, it shows you like what degrees it's supposed to be at at these times or whatever mm-hmm. um it was funny it like it jumped down to 48 and then like back up to 52 the next hour. It was weird.
0: Nice. A little spike. Yeah.
2: Not that like, I don't know if that actually happened. If that's like the actual temperatures that it was at those times. Yeah. It was just weird to see that in the little timeline.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially because it was such a drastic drop to even get there. Right. And it's like, Oh, that's interesting. But, anyways, I'm sure you guys love hearing us talk about the weather. (laughs) So, sorry. I I was just, you know, trying to think of different things that kind of had affected us. We're not talking about our kids, which is interesting. We usually do, but
2: they're asleep.
1: Not this week. That's good. (laughs) They are indeed children. (laughs) And that's a thing. Um, Uh
0: Yeah. It's weird because last week we came with nothing. And I feel like there was still a lot to talk about. And now this week, I feel like there's been a lot. And my brain has been in a bunch of different places. But right now, I just feel brain dead. It's like, okay, (laughs) like I said, so we recorded this audiobook, and I did that this morning and then uh, into the afternoon, I guess, and then went to went into work. So like set up for uh, rehearsals and stuff like that, did some did some other things around campus and then we had band rehearsals so like it was almost 12 hours up at the church today so like even getting home and having dinner just like my brain is just because it's been um it's been emotionally kind of up and down as well because the book is actually pretty intense
1: so uh the book that we have been recording um is by this mom who uh, had
2: her child was almost kidnapped.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so then it was it was like for her the story. purpose of
2: like sex, sex trafficking. trafficking, yeah. Mhm.
0: Yeah. And so well, actually, you know what, before we go there, let me just throw out a warning. So if you're listening to this episode in a public space or with kids present, um just know that we are going to be talking about some heavy topics. And so um You know, we try not to be explicit or anything like that, but um, yeah, there is some. Yeah, there's there's going to be some material on this episode. Like
2: we're going to be mentioning pornography. Probably, we'll say the word sex multiple times. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So if you need to, you know, plug in some headphones or something like that, go ahead and do it now. So um, yeah, like we talked about, the book is is kind of her story and how because of that incident um she has gotten really involved in like basically awareness and i was amazed even like listening to the book how prevalent
1: child sex trafficking is oh yeah like even in the united states
2: oh
3: yeah
1: um it's
0: like absolutely sickening because especially with her context um in the the story that that she told of of her daughter almost getting abducted at a grocery store her daughter was two and that's just like as a father of a two-year-old daughter like i don't even understand why you know like okay pedophilia in general i don't even understand okay let's get that on the table but like an infant I just my mind cannot even grasp the
1: um well, depravity. Good. I'm glad I
0: I I don't like it, yeah. It's hard for me to even fathom like how those things go together. Um. So then, even just like as she's citing, citing these statistics right. in the book of again how prevalent this is. Um. I was. I was shocked, and so there's a lot. There was a lot of heavy material in the book itself. Um, It was actually a really good experience. It was the author reading the book. Um, It was a really good experience, just because her book is kind of like sharing her story and how God has, um, like, what God has done through, kind of the hardship that she's gone through in her life, and um, even and basically like telling stories of how, like, when it looked. When things looked the worst, how God was using that for his glory. Um, so it was really, it was encouraging, but at the same time, it's just like, oh, this is some heavy stuff. Because um, mm-hmm. there, there are other things that affected her beside that, but even just how, um, long story short, not to give anything of her story away, because she tells her story all, all the time, Um But like she did not find very much help from local law law enforcement, Mm. Um, which again, just like boggles my mind. Like why is what like you have leads to child sex trafficking rings, but because because the abduction didn't actually take place, uh, they can't, you know, pursue anything. And it's like, wait, wait, what that what? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so
2: that doesn't make any sense.
0: No, it doesn't make any sense. And it's frustrating hearing her talk about it. Um,
2: they arrest people who attempt to murder someone. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't they arrest someone who attempted to kidnap someone? Uh,
0: so in her particular story, it was, um, it was a number of different people, a number of different interactions throughout the grocery store, but, um, it came to a head while she was checking out. She was in the checkout line, and this other couple had, like, started talking to her. The the woman of this couple started talking to her and asking her questions about her daughter and asked to hold her daughter, and she told her no, um, and so she, like, just took her out of her hands, basically, and only held her for a few seconds, but, you know, like, she went into mama bear mode and, like, uh, grabbed her back. Yeah. Because... Well, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to share it because I think you should just listen to the book or read the book. The words um, that would have
2: come out of my mouth of that yeah, lady, no kidding. I not say that's right what, now.
0: <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. Like, even as a, I mean, I know it's different, just the dynamic, male and female dynamic. Not just words, like fists like,
2: would have been flying.
0: Seriously, seriously. <laughs> but it was done in such a way, like the way that she tells it, it was done in such a way that, that she was, Um. so, so it was someone who seems like she was from another country Mm -hmm. um, who was like translating to the man that she was with. So, you know, like, again, if you think about this in the, in the case, in the context in which it was like child sex trafficking, like they were trying to, they were probably going to take her out of the country. um, so, so it it seemed to her like, oh, you know, like they did just didn't understand social cues, or it, it looked that way to someone else. She was talking with the um with the cashier, you know, because this happened right in front of other people, in the middle of the day. Um, and the cashier was like, oh, they weren't with you, like, like it seemed like you guys were together because they were so comfortable, you know, being like really close to your cart and really close to you when when y'all were talking and you know putting. Their hand on the cart with your son there and your daughter there. Like, you know, it just it looked like they were your friends, basically. So uh, the reason that I get into that, because again, I don't want to go into too much detail because I don't want to tell her story. Like, this Mm -hmm. is something that, that you should check out. Um but you had asked like how they couldn't pursue it. So the the excuses that were given were basically like, well, you know, footage from stuff like that. Like basically it, they couldn't, you can't tell from the outside that this was an abduction. Like this just looked like, you know, nosy people or people that you knew or something, mm. you know, it looked to everyone else like something different. Mm. It didn't look like your child was just taken out of your hands and told to say goodbye to you, um, which actually happened, which is freaky. Um, but
2: still, she told her that no, she could not pick up her chi- child, and mm-hmm. that woman still picked up her child. Right? She could press charges just within that, I would think.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. But um, in in her case, it was not something that the police wanted to pursue. Um, yeah, which is yeah, it's super frustrating. So um, anyways, I'll I'll link to her. Her name is Amanda Florczakowski. I believe I. That's hope. a last name. I know. I know from for someone whose last name is Broccolo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so good luck trying to spell that. But uh, we'll we'll leave a link in the description so you can check that out. I did actually just before we started recording this episode, I wanted to make sure she wanted a picture with us all when it was done when the recording was done, and she posted it on her personal Facebook. So uh, I never know, like, etiquette as to, like, should I talk about the projects that I'm working on? You know, because obviously it's not official that the book. I mean,
2: you didn't say the name of coming the out book.
0: Well, it but... doesn't matter because she literally just posted it. Like, like okay. she was like, you know, we just finished wrapping up the recording for the, the book is called, um, oh, why can't I think? And I the doubt book...
2: she would mind you promoting her book. Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. The book is called Unraveled. Um, and it's good, you know, the, like with any Christian book, there are some things, you know, like some things that she says that I'm just like,
1: uh, you know,
0: I, you know, if we, if we sat down and talked about it, I'm sure we could, you know, come to terms we just agree to disagree on a few little things. Um, but overall, like her message was really good and just, just the adv- advocacy and getting the word out for something that's so important. Yeah. Um, Cause I know, I know you knew about this. Like you had looked into this, um, even just working with children, like you were taught how to recognize behaviors right. um, in children that had been abused. Um, and, and I know like just in the past, you've done research on trafficking in general.
2: Well, yeah. Um, when we've done our women's, when, when our church has done the women's conferences, mm-hmm. that's always usually a big focus is awareness about that.
0: Okay. There you go. Um, so I know you knew a lot more than I did. (laughs) Um, and, and so I was just, uh, I was just amazed, um, by some of the stuff and like, it's heavy, but, and I say, I
1: use that word. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: Like it's every time I drive, drive past a hotel, like I look and I wonder like, are people being sex trafficked in there? Yeah. Because that's that's how rampant in it is, yeah. and people don't realize it, but it is. Right, it is. It is happening in your city.
0: Well, that's the thing that she's that wherever like you live thi- right
2: now, it is happening in yeah. your city.
0: Yeah, that that is one of the one of the things that she drills down on too, because she lived in a small Texas town. Um. So it yeah, and and uh, there's a point in in the book where. <laughs> one of the police officers she she talks to basically mocks her um excuse me what she the the police officer said like to another police officer like when was the last time you heard of an
1: abduction in this town and then amanda cites like three different ones that happened in the past like 5 years um so
0: yeah yeah it's i'm sorry I, again i'm i'm giving away points of the book that um I really recommend that you go check it out because again, in context, um, she's not trying to put down law enforcement. Um, you know, she doesn't have a vendetta or anything like that. She, she actually makes that very clear up front whenever she, she begins to talk about law enforcement, like she's just telling her story, but intentionally she spent like a page kind of talking about how she respects people like very much, uh, she pays for, uh, whenever she sees like an officer or a veteran at a restaurant, like her family tries to intentionally pay for their meal and like, you know, go out of their way to thank them for what they do and how she holds law enforcement in a very high regard and how her um, experiences with law enforcement are isolated and she d- she does not think it's indicative of the entire system. So she's very like intentionally up front talks about that before she tells her story because she does not want her story to be taken as like, oh, you know, burn down the system. Like the system is messed up there. There is systematic oppression from our, our police law enforcement. And I can
2: understand in like smaller towns how they might not like, might not be able to afford having specific like tasks for task forces Mm -hmm. or stuff like that. We do in Austin.
0: No, that's awesome. Yeah. That's good. That's good, but I'm sure there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah, Austin's a um, big city. Yeah. No. yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I recommend, you know, I don't know when it's going to come out. It'll probably be a couple months or maybe a month, month and a half, something like that, um, you know, after I'm done with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do recommend checking out, even just Amanda in general. She was, she was fantastic. We went to lunch. She was just such a great person. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great to be able to work with her. And a really good reader too. (laughs) Not all authors are great readers. And she knocked it out of the park. So anyways, um, yeah. So I use this word multiple times is heavy because it literally like after just, you know, talking about this and hearing about this for a while, it literally just kind of feels like a weight, an emotional weight. You know what I mean? So um, I'm just going to kind of paint a picture of my day yesterday because yesterday we started recording the book and that's when she really got into the statistics. Um, so I come out of that and then I go into, you know, just like work, you know, what I'm paid to do at the church. And uh, as I'm working, I've got like YouTube going or, you know, I'm listening to a podcast or something like that. And oh, um, you get
2: into the Epstein thing? Exactly. Ugh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> so this, right? So you know, I've been seeing memes for a few weeks. Epstein didn't kill himself, um, and like I heard, you know, I I had heard through the grapevine of kind of what was going on. Like even when he was first taken to prison, I remember uh, when he was first quote unquote roughed up by his cellmates, and how people were like, "Oh, he's gonna like Clinton is gonna hire people to kill to kill him, basically." like he needs he needs protection while he's in prison, he's not trying to kill himself, kind of a thing, and then lo and behold, a week later, he suicided himself quote unquote
2: suicided himself yeah
0: i'm I'm mocking just the the narrative. It does not look like that's actually what happened, but that's what's being reported is that oh, he killed himself um because he had information on all kinds of Well but of an
2: autopsy report came back that it doesn't look mm, like suicide.
0: Right. Yeah when he was supposed to be under surveillance. So it seemed yeah. Um if you don't know about the whole Epstein thing let's try and give just kind of in a nutshell. It's it's big okay. and complicated. But in yeah, a nutshell
2: so He was was he a lawyer first? He was already like in kind of high society. Okay. Um, And, but he basically made all of his money just off of blackmailing people. Right. Um, And was filthy rich enough to have an entire island Mm -hmm. Um, and used it to... Basically, just run a pedophile ring, mm-hmm. um, and he had he had multiple houses, and okay. would do it in multiple places. Mm. So I, I thought it was interesting in the interview when she mentioned, though no, like, you'll get to it, but like um, I can't remember her name,
1: Amy Robot.
2: Right? She mentioned an apartment, and I oh, I, yeah. I found that interesting because she said a lot of men visited that apartment and I'm like well it wasn't just one place like Mm -hmm. or even just from the research that I did like months before um that wasn't just like one place that he was doing this at anyways um but yeah like there were a lot of very powerful people Mm -hmm. involved with his pedophile ring yeah um
0: yeah so he so he had this island he was running like you said he was running a pedophile ring he also he did he own airplanes i think yes i think he owned airplanes and so um if you look on the logs of the people who were on his airplanes, so like this is how uh, this is how you tie people to it is like you look at who was actually on the airplanes mm-hmm. and there were very well-known names like and this is why this is why the whole there was a whole like Clinton involvement of like, oh, Hillary's going to kill Epstein while he's in prison is because Bill Clinton was, was upon, on yeah. the plane multiple times. He was on Epstein's plane uh, on his planes. And um there are a
1: number of other Prince people. Prince
2: Andrew mm-hmm. of the royal family. um Yeah, just a number, a number of people.
0: So, uh, again, trying to keep this, trying to keep this very brief. You can Google information. It's not hard. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's not being reported on it. it, I mean, since this tape leaked, yeah, there's, there's been a little bit more, but like, how is this not headline news freaking everywhere? Uh, Well, because about a lot of high profile people don't want the information getting out. Um, but that makes me a conspiracy theorist anyways. Um, (laughs) so, uh, yeah, so he was caught. He was thrown in jail, um, and apparently, he killed himself while he was in jail. So, anyways, uh, yeah, this tape was leaked just yesterday or the day before. Um, it, that was this anchor woman for Good Morning America. Uh, she, or Amy Robach, she was basically like venting to her producer how uh, this story had blown up. And how uh, three years ago she had done like uh, an operation and talked to uh, a bunch of people and gotten like photographs and uh, eyewitness testimonies and all kinds of stuff on Epstein.
2: Three years ago, mind you, Epstein was not in jail. Right. He was right. still fully running his pedophile ring. Yeah,
0: yeah. But um, was she was told by the higher ups at ABC not to run the story. Like that no one knew who Epstein was, that they were getting threats um if the story from ran from the palace. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, yeah, that that was specifically what, what she said was from the palace. Uh so like all you know, it would damage basically it would damage their ability to um, communicate with a lot of high profile people if they ran a story like that. Um, And so she was venting about how like frustrated she was because it was like, I had this huge story and for three years I've been trying to run it and I haven't been able to. And now like the story breaks. Like, so, so it was out of frustration. And so this tape from ABC leaked, Um, and of course, you know, there's damage control and whatever. Oh, no, I didn't mean any of that.
2: And she's like naming names.
0: Yeah, in this video. Well, yeah, she specifically said Clinton. She specifically said the palace. Um, I'm trying to think of who else was in there, but yeah, it's, it's Alan something. Oh yeah, Dershowitz. I think. Well, he was Epstein's lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think he it, he had something to do with like owning the planes or something like that. So he was bought in. Um, he was in pretty deep. So. Um, all that set, it's like, so that's, that's the whole De- Epstein thing. I come off, you know, like recording this audiobook, learning about how prevalent child sex trafficking is. And then like this whole Epstein thing is blowing up and it's just, man, all these things like right and left of just, you know, yesterday I was kind of in a place where like, I was recognizing the depravity of man that is all around me that I often don't see. Does that make sense? Like, and I don't want to see, and I don't want to accept that that that's a part of this world. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to believe that there's really stuff that horrific going on. You know, like that stuff is for movies. You had actually mentioned it makes you want to go watch Taken. And it's like, (laughs) that's, that's the stuff, right? That, that's the part, you know, the part where, oh, it almost happens, but then, you know, dude comes in and murders the crap out of the people, out of the bad guys, right? That's the stuff that I want to believe happens,
1: not the fact that, um, that this stuff is occurring, you know?
2: Yeah. Uh, Um, unfortunately I'm at a point now where it's like not surprising yeah I've watched a lot of documentaries, mm-hmm. well, like true crime documentaries about kidnapping mm-hmm. um, or cults that um,
1: have in, involved um, pedophilia. Um, and
2: I should not have done this, but I've even like read reports on instances um and it like really messed me up when i did that cuz there were details that i sh- just should not have known um mm-hmm. but like yeah just it's everywhere and it's happening all the time and it's depressing
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it yeah it definitely it can be um if you it, yeah it, it It's one of those things that you that is very hard to reconcile with um, understanding that that there's a purpose behind it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like uh, reconciling with God's sovereignty. Not that I doubt God's sovereignty, just that like I don't understand how these work together. Does that make sense? Right. Like I cannot give a reason for why something like that would occur. Not that God can't use that for good because like we've said before on the podcast, the most evil thing that has ever happened in the face of the earth was
1: the murder of Jesus. Right. His torture and his death because Jesus was perfectly innocent. Um, and God used that for his glory mm-hmm. and for our
0: good <laughs> as well. So he can take something that is Altogether evil, absolutely abhorrent and use it for his glory and use it to bless people. I just cannot understand that in every context, you know what I mean? So it's, 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 it's difficult. <laughs> it's yeah. hard to I mean, to look at this stuff.
2: Yeah. I was telling you last night, like it almost makes me want to live in a theocracy. <laughs> or we mm. just kill these people.
0: Yeah. Right. So with that, <laughs> no, I mean I I I think we should kind of move on cuz really I didn't even want to focus on that with this episode. <laughs> I kind of wanted to lighten things up a little bit. Lighten in nothing in about degree. this
2: episode is light.
0: <laughs> right. I I just mean so so where I want to kind of land the plane and and live for a little bit. Um is with another story that I read yesterday. So again, I'm trying to explain kind of the day that I had and where my head was at. Um, yesterday, also, um, the news broke that a Christian comedian, John Crist, um, canceled his current tour because of allegations of basically inappropriate re- relationships that he had with Abuse multiple Abuse and women. harassment. Yes. Um, and And he... Like, he canceled his tour and said on record, he didn't give any specifics, but he was like, there have been a lot of alleged, there have been allegations, some of which are true and some aren't. And I've repented from, you know, these these wrong things that I've done and I need time basically to work on myself. Um, Which, you know, in and of itself sounds admirable, it's just to the degree of which she, believe him basically Um, because the, the article that I read was a bit of an expose. I actually really appreciated the tone that it took. It was from charisma magazine or charisma online Um, because like it, it told one woman's story. And then before it got into like a number of other people who had similar stories and shared those stories, um, the, I don't know if this is the editor, you know, the author, what, whoever was reporting basically said that we have these multiple um women who have allegations and we don't relish having to share this information like basically they were like we don't like doing this but we think that this is the wisest thing to do is to share this information like to seek justice because um because this is a public figure. Does mm-hmm. that
1: make sense? Like th- and I'm I'm probably
0: not presenting it the right way. You'll have to read the article. I'll link to it in the description as well. Um but I just I just appreciated that they, you know, it wasn't it's not like a it's not like a, you know, TMZ exposé. Oh, look what this person is doing kind of a thing. It was it was quite the opposite of just like, look, we don't want to share this, but we think that you that these women's stories need to be told. Um, and like, you know, some, basically something has to be done. So, um, in a nutshell, uh, this guy was preying upon his fans and, um, basically just entering into these inappropriate relationships with multiple women, um, you know, through text messages and through sexual favors and things like that. Um, the article doesn't go into detail of of things that occurred. A few women kind of said that he wanted to maintain his... Uh, he wanted to still be able to say that he was a virgin, and so actual intercourse never occurred, um, but that basically everything up until that did is what, again, some of the allegations were so, you know, take that for what it's worth. It doesn't, I don't think the details matter. Um, but, you know, what matters is that this guy was carrying on with, again, multiple women. And it was, like you said, it was manipulation and it was abuse. Uh, he was lying to them, you know, uh, saying he, he was intentionally stringing them along, saying how much he was in love with them. And, uh, you know, like, we can't tell anyone about this kind of a thing, trying to keep it secret while also saying these things to other women mm-hmm. um so and again sorry before we go farther these are just allegations although he has admitted to some of them he, he has not detailed what you know he just said that some of the allegations are true and some are not uh, so he hasn't given any details at this point they are just allegations um we are gonna talk about these allegations assuming that they are true which may or may not be the wisest thing so so i i just want to say that on the outset these are right now just allegations but it seems based on the um multitude of evidence that it seems like at least some of it is true um one of the things that charisma magazine or website or whatever said is that um a lot of the Interviews that they had with these women they were able to provide evidence i e text messages and emails and stuff like that right um so there is there is evidence that wasn't you know that's obviously not publicly shared
1: um so we are walking into this assuming that these things are true you know for for better or worse but kind of so in a nutshell that's kind of what what I
0: wanted to talk about is how we ought to think about something like this. Because one of the things in my mind that kind of connected the dots is something that Amanda in her book talked about um, is pornography. And she relates um, pornography as basically like the ad campaign for sex trafficking. Um, because, Because of the way that pornography affects the brain, and prevents the porn user's ability to slow down or to stop and to think and and the way that it affects the brain to seek um, deeper and darker things. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Because it actually um, overstimulates your brain so much that um, what used to stimulate you does not any longer and so in order to get that high just like i mean like with any addictive substance basically but um in order to get that high you become addicted and then in order to get that high you have to go farther Mm -hmm. and um and because pornography does that it trains people into uh not that you don't have you know not that there's not uh, redemption in Christ, not that you don't you know that you aren't culpable for your actions, but it trains people um that deviant acts are normal. it trains people that um, like to act out the things that you are watching. Does that make sense and so uh, yeah so she says multiple times throughout the book that pornography is the ad campaign for sex trafficking because in sex trafficking you can do the things that you see in pornography and
2: and a, well a lot of sex trafficking victims are in pornography
0: mm-hmm. and that the sex traffickers themselves use pornography to determine what the market is looking for i know that is a very cold way of putting it um, I'm intentionally not thinking of people because I don't want to choke up during the podcast. Uh because again of how heavy this is and like just the emotional weight of what this actually means and using someone else to that degree. Um so again sorry, veering off again because I don't want to make it sound like Christ is as bad as Some of these, you know, as Epstein or, you know, sex traffickers. He's not.
1: But, but to, in my mind, kind of the. uh,
2: But he had it, he admitted to like a porn problem and sex, that he has a sex addiction. Right. Which is kind of weird if he's never actually had sex. Yeah. Whatever.
0: Right. You know, it's like how much of that is true. You know, we don't know. We don't, and it's not like we necessarily need to speculate. What I wanted to talk about was just how we ought to, like, what we can learn from that. And and particularly the Christ situation is kind of where, you know, I really wanted to talk about this just because we've seen a lot of scandal. I mean, just in general, you know, the whole. Me too movement with all of its problems as a political movement um I think has brought out um th- there has been you know kind of the silver lining to it is that I think it makes people more aware of
2: yeah it has brought uh, a lot of awareness to just the actual abuse that is out yes. there
0: yeah, just sexual abuse in yeah. general, which you know for for someone who has like a a cultural um the kind of postmodern view of sexual ethics like doesn't make any sense. Any like it's self-contradictory. But to someone who uh actually believes what the Bible says about um the proper uh the proper place in which you're able to um enable to you're able to have sex within marriage, like, yeah, I mean, you can see like the the fact that these abuses have come to light is helpful in a sense. You know, like, like you're able to actually recognize these things as sinful. Um, and we've seen a lot of uh, things come to light within the church as well. So within like certain institutions, you know, we talked about kind of the, the Southern Baptist uh, Convention and the issues that have happened within Southern Baptist churches. Um, and uh, even with the, you know, years ago, the Ashley Madison thing, Mm-hmm. When that database was released, and you see like some pastors, now obviously there were there were some things that happened in that whole thing that were pretty messed up as well. You know, like suicide that happened because of the the shame that that brought. Not that not that that should have happened, but just that you know, with these things coming to light, um, that's also a good thing. <laughs> you know, instead of keeping sin in the dark. Um,
2: oh no, God will always bring it to light.
0: Exactly, exactly. God will not be mocked. Um,
1: your sin will find you out. Yeah. So.
2: Like, are you are you asking like how we should treat him?
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was going, is that we see this stuff within the church and within like the pastoral context. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of, I don't know, that's where my head has been a lot this dude is not a pastor. He's never claimed to be a pastor. He just like, he's a comedian. He's an entertainer. I don't even know if
2: he's a member of a church. Like
0: Right. Well, that, I think actually that was one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about too, was like, whether or not that lifestyle um, of like touring and things like that, whether that's detrimental, you know, whether that can lead to temptation, you know what I mean? Like, not being a part of the church. It definitely takes you
2: out of your community of accountability. Yes.
0: Yeah, exactly. So our, you know, our church has been um, preaching about that community and about the church. Uh, This, this Sunday in particular, this last Sunday, um, our pastor preached about like the necessity of attending on Sundays. And I say necessity, not in the sense, like he specifically said, you know, you can be a, it is possible to be a Christian and not go to church. Um, but that's also like being married and being away from your spouse 100% of the time. Like, yeah, it's possible, but it's not uh, recommended. <laughs> it is actually detrimental. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's kind of one of the things that, that like rings out to me is like, the things that, that Christ was doing or you know, the allegations that he had against him Occurred. I mean, he
2: said he did some of them, at least. Right. So I think we can safely say that he did stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You don't just have to say allegations. Okay. Like, he has admitted to mm-hmm. at least some of this
0: stuff. Right. And in some of the stories, like, it was women who talked about, you know, he would give them free tickets and invite them up to his hotel after the show or something. like And he gave them alcohol. Um, well, so- no, he
2: would say he would give them free tickets. He was okay. lording the free tickets over them yeah. for these favors that yeah. he was asking of them.
0: So, um, I, I, yeah, I think in that context of like, yeah, being outside of the community of believers and not having accountability, like that's a dangerous place to put yourself in. Especially if he had enough of self-awareness um, that he identified himself as having a porn problem or being a sex addict, like, you'd think that you would want, like, knowing that about yourself, you'd think you'd put some things in place to um, fight against that, right, as a Christian. But he was, I mean, according to, again, according to these stories, it seems like he was isolated from the help that he should have sought out. Does that make sense? Like, I think it is detrimental. that That's one of the things that kind of, Rang out to me as I was reading the article is like, yeah, he's like that type of lifestyle, that touring lifestyle. Not that it's impossible um, to do that in a in a proper manner, but like that, it's just a dangerous place to put someone. Um, to where you're not able to be around a body of believers, you're not able to be around other people who can encourage you in the faith, and um, especially when, yeah, you're indulging in things like pornography that literally changes your brain, um, yeah, there's lots of stuff that can happen. You can turn into a predator, um, which is, I think, what happened in this case. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the questions that I kind of had that I don't have an answer for, I'll just say that right now. Again, it may not be wise to kind of like talk about this, but hopefully you understand we are not authorities in anything. (laughs) um but one of the things that i kind of wanted to talk about is like i understand in the case of like if th- if that were to happen with a pastor you know were to have uh, an affair like i would say that pastor should not become a pastor again um i understand i've said this before i understand that there may possibly be some sort of restoration um a path to restoration i don't know what that looks like and so i am unqualified to even like think about what that would be um
2: uh, I mean, I don't know. I think scripture is pretty clear about what the qualifications are yeah. for a pastor and I older. I agree. So, if they don't meet them, they don't qualify. Yeah. Um. I agree. But I think we can kind of treat this situation uh, the same. Okay. Because he, like a pastor, he had power okay and influence and he was using that to abuse people much like a a pastor would do um if he was sexually abusing or spiritually abusing someone Mm -hmm. um which there have been a lot of cases of that um and what should you do if a pastor is doing that well he should not be a pastor anymore and should go to jail for sexual harassment. Um, But I think we can treat this situation the same. Like he needs to be stripped of his power and his influence. He has proved that he abuses that. And so I don't think he should have it.
0: Okay. Well, in a church context though, like, the pastorate is a is a position. It is a position of authority. Right. This guy is just an entertainer. Like this. Right. Like he provided the service of comedy. Like that's that that's, that's literally just his job. So when you say he should be stripped of his position, like he was just he was he was doing the the way that he got his quote unquote power, his you know influence was just by being funny. So like, are you saying he should never be funny again? Or we should no, never I'm view saying, him as a comedian. Like, no,
2: I'm saying like he was using his popularity, his mm-hmm. his power, mm-hmm. and his influence over his fans. Yeah, to abuse them. Mm-hmm. And so I basically what I'm saying is I don't think he should have a platform anymore because he has proven. Because if if you give him a platform, you're aiding him in his. In his power and in his um, influence. Whatever word that
0: would be. <laughs> so you're saying that you that you don't think that anyone should hire him as a
1: comedian, right? You don't think anyone should hire him to perform
2: as I, I'm, a comedian? I'm saying that he definitely needs to, and I think that's what, He is doing, from what I understand, Mm -hmm. is just like he um, canceled his tour. Right. And I think I also heard that he's just kind of gone dark, like he's not on social media anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't. I never followed the guy. Yeah. I've maybe seen two of his videos. Mm-hmm. Like when you sent me this article, I was like, who's John Christ? Yeah. Um, but like, um, what was where was I going with that?
1: Well, I was, I was asking
0: like how you would take away his platform.
2: So basically like what he has done to himself, like he's, ta- he has taken away his platform. Mm-hmm. He has, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. I think that's what should happen <laughs> Yeah. Um so you you had asked me yesterday and we were talking about um acuff and his um
3: affiliation uh, affiliation with
2: uh Christ um and how he uh like if it was wrong of him to promote his stuff even after he found out about like some allegations. Mm-hmm. Um And I said, yes, that I do think it was wrong because by promoting him, even though he had already, like, I mean, or you told me this that he had taken the guy off of his website, like, Mm -hmm. wasn't associating with him professionally. Yes. Right. um, Exactly. But yet he still promoted him. Like, I don't know, was this on Twitter or something? I'm not on Twitter. Um, Mm -hmm. He still promoted something that Chris had put out yeah. even after he started disassociating himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, yes, I thought that was wrong that he was promoting him because he's just aiding this guy's influence and his platform,
1: which he is abusing. Um. So I'm glad that he,
2: is, has cut him off cut himself off from a platform mm-hmm. because I think that's what should happen because he's abusing that platform. Okay. And so I think that it should be taken away from him, um, which he's taken it away from himself, which is good. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that's not just for show and it's real mm-hmm. and he's going to stay away for a long time and get some help.
1: Yeah. So okay okay so you think that that you know that no one should
0: like basically people shouldn't um shouldn't go back and watch his old videos shouldn't like like basically you would be okay with like scrubbing away his previous anything that he's ever done like no one should ever go back and watch it because he abused his position
2: I mean in that I'm kind of Indifferent because I've never been a fan. Yeah. Um, so I've never had any sort of attachment to him. Mm-hmm. so like that wouldn't affect me at all. Yeah. <laughs> um but I-, I don't know if I would say that it would be like like someone would be in sin if they went and I don't know, bought something of his. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't think that would be a, a sin. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think until he has proven himself not an abuser, mm-hmm. he should not have a platform.
1: Okay, okay. So th- I think you're
0: assuming something like the cult of personality. You know, like like uh, celebrity culture. Like, the fact that we enjoy what someone does or what someone puts out gives them power. I, I think those things are mutually exclusive. I can respect someone's ability to, like, for instance, a musician's ability to write a really good song while also thinking that musician is a deplorable human being. Um, and, th- like, legitimately enjoying what they do as a service when they play music while also not liking the person who actually plays that music, if that makes sense. Um, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I agree with you that a platform gives someone power. I think that you have to like, actually, I think it's up to.
2: Well, if you have the, a platform, then you, you already have power.
0: See I'm I'm not so sure about that. I wouldn't say that then someone Then how would you
2: have a platform?
0: What because you're broadcast to people? Like I'm in the case of a comedian like um you again I can think you're a horrible human being like you do things that I very much disagree with but I can still think oh you're funny. Like you make funny jokes. Um and I can disassociate the two and not look up to someone because they make funny jokes. Does that make sense? Like, I cannot respect you as a person while still respecting your ability to do well in your craft. Does that make sense? So I don't, I'm don't. i not giving you any power by saying that, oh, like, okay, respect. Like, you can actually tell some funny jokes or you notice something about the world and are able to convey it in a meaningful way. Um, I, I, I don't think... I, I think those things are mutually exclusive. I don't think they go together. I, d- I don't think the fact that you can go on tour and make money on tour means that you, that your fans, like, I, I think there's a responsibility in the fans not to make an idol out of someone. Does that make sense? Um, and yes. I think idolizing and that idea of celebrity and the cult of personality that comes with our current culture Um, makes it seem like they have this power, but they don't. I mean, that's something that you give them. That's not something that is inherent to the platform. Does that make sense?
2: Okay, you make it sound like celebrities don't know that they have power.
0: No, I'm not saying they don't know they do. And, And certainly it was, I agree with you, it was an abuse of his position in order to take advantage of these women who enjoyed what he did. I'm just saying... I think there I think it's also on people to recognize that celebrities are people and they're not like it's on you also to
1: to um to not get swept up by celebrity. And so like
2: right, but who in their right mind would like would be thinking that a person that they look up to and that they enjoy is going mm-hmm. to abuse them. Right. Like, no one's going to, no one's going to think that.
0: Right. No, I, I totally agree, which is why, yeah, he was, he was manipulating people. He was abusive. Like, I'm not, I'm not downplaying that. Um, but I also, I like, I'm not, I'm not so sure that saying that, um, I can't enjoy, any of Chris's comedy anymore. I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, yes, he is always going to leave a bad taste in my mouth now. Like, that's just a fact. It's going to be hard for me to ever look past this, at whether that's right or wrong. Um, again, I'm not an authority. I'm not saying that you should feel that way as well. But, like, to me, it's going to be hard to not think of him as in terms of what he's done, the way that he's abused his his status. Um. But I'm saying that it is possible to differentiate the service that he provides, which is entertainment, which is comedy, from the person that he is. And so that's, that, that was kind of like where, where I've been kicking this back and forth is like, does this mean, should, say, a hypothetical future? And actually, you know what, before we even get to hypotheticals, one of the things that the article talked about was how he has a Netflix special coming out soon. Like it's already been recorded,
1: it's supposed to be released soon. so what do you do with that? like what do you mean i I mean, like, should we say,
0: oh no well he's he has abused his status, so therefore, no one should watch his Netflix special like is that what we should should do like like I'm saying I don't know <laughs> I'm saying, I mean, it's I'm difficult. not gonna
2: go post on Facebook. Don't watch this Netflix special. Mm-hmm cuz I mean I'm probably not I don't do that with every other comedian that I don't listen to yeah. because they're vulgar and annoying. Mhm.
0: Like but if if say hypothetically someone does post on their Facebook, "Hey, I just watched Chris's, Chris's special on Netflix and it was hilarious." Like I'm sure this would this would actually end up happening. But what like, would
2: go through my head would be like, oh, did I you say know? know Yeah,
0: yeah. I probably D- well, wouldn't did you say know what He did in this case. Like, I think that's where social media goes—is like digging up dirt on people. Well, like yeah. I think that's that would happen. Would be the first few comments are like, oh, but you know, he actually did this, so you shouldn't be watching that. Like, shame, shame. Is that right? Is I guess what I'm asking. Like, is it right to to have to consider? the person's moral failings when it has to do with their, I don't know, professional output? Like, are those things, yeah, are those things inextricably tied or are they mutually exclusive? I don't know. Because in the case of a pastor, I think it's a much more cut and dry, like, no, your morality and your ethics are tied to what you are doing <laughs> in, in the position that you hold within the church. But this guy is not holding a church position. He's never claimed to. Right. He's never claimed that he's ministering to anyone. Like, this is not a ministry. This is literally just what he does. He's just a comedian. He's an entertainer. So, like, the, his his entertainment output, I'm not sure if this taints all of that or if it ought to taint all of that. Because, yes, in my mind, it will. <laughs> it will. It's going to be hard for me to get past this.
2: But, but is that right? Is, well, the thing is, is that I think there's a lot more wrong than just his porn issue, mm-hmm. um, and sex addi- addi- addiction, whatever that means to him, right? Um, be because of the testimonies of his behavior, okay. Because one particular story that they that the article started off with was almost like a mirror image of another story that I heard from a woman who was abused by R. Kelly.
1: Ew. Okay.
2: Yeah, ew is the right <laughs> word. Um I mean not that I'm like not that the two really compare all that much. I mean R. Kelly is a pedophile and a rapist and literally a kidnapper and like treats women like slaves and is yeah. a monster. I'll just say that. Um I'm not saying John Christ is that. <laughs> right. right and um, I hope
0: everyone understands that again like we talked about some really heavy stuff. Right. We're not saying that Christ is that bad. Right. Just
2: um but um in one of the testimonies he was using his um his sin issues, his uh, things that he struggles with to get onto a vulnerable level mm-hmm. with a woman mm-hmm. to draw her in and then abuse her, try to force her himself on her mm-hmm. um, which is
1: how do I say this? It says a lot about um his
2: personality Mm -hmm. that he probably already had these tendencies before even his, and they, they may go hand in hand, the, the porn issue and this personality disorder. What it seems like to me from the allegations is that He's a narcissist.
3: Okay. Um and used his
2: sin issues um to seem vulnerable and to draw women in and abuse them.
3: Mhm. Uh
2: which just there's a lot of a lot of issues within that, yeah, um, so I don't know, in my mind, and maybe I'm wrong, uh, if he is truly repentant about all of this, I would think that he would just cancel everything and just go away for a long, long time, mm-hmm. And truly change. Yeah. Just like I would think a pastor who has abused people in his position in true repentance would resign
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and never pursue the pastorate again. Okay. I'm not saying that Chris should never pursue being a comedian again because there's not. Really biblical qualifications right. for comedians, right? Exactly. <laughs> there Which, are for pastors, exactly. So I'm not. I'm not saying that those that it's a perfect analogy, but mm-hmm. they, I do see just some similarities in yeah. in that.
1: Okay. Okay. I Does think, that make
2: sense at all? Yes.
0: Yeah. And I think I think that's a good point of like what repentance looks like. I think it just clicked for me. <laughs> um, Because, especially like what we were talking about earlier and the necessity of having a community around you, um, for someone who has shown himself to to abuse his status, um, I think repentance would look like having certain boundaries in place. Like, yeah, basically being very slow to put himself in that same situation again. Mm Mm-hmm. And then if he were to be put in that situation again, then it would mean lots of things put in place to prevent the same things from occurring. Does that make sense? So like whether maybe that means- he
2: shouldn't tour.
0: Right, yeah. Or when he does like, if, you know, he yeah. needs to share a room with another guy mm-hmm. or something. You know, like, like having very strict- things put in place because he's shown this to be a temptation mm-hmm. for himself and, and shown. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense Um, as, as to what repentance actually looks like. So yeah, that's good. I think, I think I've found a little bit of clarity here. I'm still not so sure about like what, but you know, what the reaction ought to be, or not even reaction, but like, where do we go from here in terms of like the people who enjoyed his comedy? But maybe that should just be a personal thing. Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> you yeah, know? I can't, I can't really answer that because I right. wasn't a, a fan. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, and, I mean, that's honestly, that's why I wanted to bring it up is cause like, I don't have an answer. Like I really, I don't know, you know? And I mean, to, to a certain extent I keep, you know, we keep talking about pastors too. um, I almost feel the same way about disgraced pastors, is like not everything that they said in the past is wrong. In fact, oftentimes, in order to get into the positions that they were, they've said a lot of good things, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I'll, hey, I'll go on record. I listened to a bunch of Mark Driscoll before his, uh, you know, issues in the pastorate, before he was uh, kicked out of his church. And to my understanding, rightfully so. Um, like, but I think he's preached a lot of good messages and I learned a lot from him and I don't regret ever listening to him because I also feel like I didn't listen to a lot of the stuff that apparently he said that was kind of crazy. (laughs) Like I was not into him when kind of that kind of stuff was being said. Um, so what do you, what do you do with that? Do you throw out all your Mark Driscoll books? Well, some people might and some people might not, you know, maybe this is just a personal thing um you know a personal conviction thing cuz can he be right on other issues yeah yeah he can um can you be so deceived that you are actually um able to to preach a text while being a hypocrite and not living it yeah god can use crooked sticks to draw straight lines um but there's also the issue, yeah, there's also issues of conscience of like, is that going to, you know, personally, is that going to mess you up to listen to Mark Driscoll? Maybe. Yeah. And if it does, then don't.
2: <laughs> it definitely, it makes it really hard to ever listen to those messages again. Yeah. Because I agree. now you have a bad taste in your mouth, you right. know. And yeah, it's I haven't It's kind of gone like back. how I, I used to watch The Cosby Show. Mm-hmm. All the time, I've yeah. seen every episode multiple times, and then after that's, ugh, after all the horrible things about Bill Cosby came out, like I, I want to watch it. I wish I could watch it, but yeah. I can't separate. Right. I just can't separate the two, yeah. and so like, yeah, it was a hilarious show, but now I can't watch it without like
0: shuddering, yeah when you see him on screen basically yeah.
2: so i just can't watch
1: it <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: okay well <laughs> i think i think this has been a beneficial conversation if for no one else it has been for me <laughs> uh, not that i've necessarily come to any conclusions but i do think uh no i think this is good to talk about so um yeah if you have any heavy thoughts for us you can always reach out a number of different ways you can email us at so talk to me podcast at com. you can hit us up on facebook we're just facebook.com slash so talk to me um the, on instagram our handle is so talk to me podcast and on twitter we are so underscore talk to me
2: and now go look at a bunch of funny memes to level out your emotions
0: <laughs> seriously yeah yeah go do something good <laughs> Get, uh puppies and rainbows <laughs> unicorns. Unicorns are big right now. I don't know why. Go watch
2: a Hallmark Christmas movie. (laughs) No,
0: don't do that. Oh my goodness. I mean, if you like, if you like that, then fine, go do that. But uh, I'm just.
2: I was doing that before we started
0: recording. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Like I understand that you enjoy that. So I'm not going to be upset, but. I do. I, and
2: it's funny that it's, it's, it's really not. only this time of year that I enjoy it.
0: This time of year, it's early not, November.
2: It's not year round. I mean, like holidays. Yeah,
0: I know. I'm being a turd, you like are. I usually am. Uh, well, do you have any recommendations before That's we where sign our off? Children
2: get it from um, Rucko, Rucko, I don't know if it'll still be free tomorrow when you're listening to this, but on Amazon. The Kindle version of this book is free. Um, It's called, um, it's a book by Rachel Denhollander. It's called How Much Is a Little Girl Worth? And it's like a kid's book for little girls. And it's free on Kindle. Nice. And I'm really excited to read it.
1: (laughs) Cool. Well.
2: It's got a 9.4 out of 5 on Goodreads. And a 5 out of 5.
1: A 9.4 um, out of 5? hmm 9.4 Sorry, 4.9 out, <laughs> out of 5. It's late, you guys. I'm sorry.
2: It's 4.9 out of 5. Right. Yeah, on Goodreads. And nice. 5 out of 5 from Christian book distributors.
0: Cool. Awesome. Well, I don't have anything new. Um, I would just, again, recommend the stuff that I kind of mentioned before. I mentioned it a number of times, but Amanda Florskowski, I think she was great. The book unraveled. I think it has some really cool stuff, and I'm working on it, so it's just exciting all around. Okay, well, like Samantha said, it is late, so
1: we are gonna end right here. This has been episode 111. It's been fun. Yeah. So go talk to your spouse.
2: I don't know if I would use the word fun yeah, to fun's describe not the right this word. episode. <laughs> no. but-
0: it has been a thing. It has been another episode. <laughs> yes. Of it the has podcast. been a conversation. Yes. We have indeed talked to each other.
2: A conversation has indeed been had.
0: Uh huh. By both of us. Yish. <laughs> All right. Till next time, guys. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself.